LifeSpring number 111. Hey! Welcome back. <laughs> of course, you might be saying the same thing to me. It's good to be here. Well, you may have noticed I missed another week last week. Uh, yeah, missed another week last week. Missed another episode last week. Uh, 111 is a week late. Maybe we should say it that way. Well, however you want to say it. Last week, the technical problems reared their ugly heads once again. This time it had to do with the entire city of Riverside having no cable internet connection last Monday when I normally do the show. Sorry about that. And other events conspired to keep me off track last week, but we're back together today, you and I, and I want to thank you for hanging in there. Hey, listen, at the end of the show today, I have an important Christmas-related announcement to make. But in keeping with a new way of doing things here on the show, we're going to get right to the content. Correction stings. Correction stung. Correction brings you to suffer. Well, back on LifeSpring number 104, I told you that I was not going to discuss homosexuality anymore, at least in the foreseeable future. Well, <laughs> life is what happens while you're busy making other plans, as John Lennon wrote in one of his songs. Actually, it's one of my favorite songs. It's from the... Uh, oh, golly, what's the name of it? It was the last album that he made. Um, but it's... Um, Beautiful Boy is the name of the song that it comes from. Fantasy, the fantasy album. Yeah, I'm a John Lennon fan, what can I say? Anyway, life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. I was not planning on discussing homosexuality, but... Well, actually, I'm not really going to discuss homosexuality per se on the show today, so I don't turn it off if you're not, not interested in the subject, but it is an integral part of the topic that I'm going to talk about today. And I'll get back to the mini-series on cults next week. Listen, unless you have had your head in the sand, you've probably heard about Ted Haggard, former pastor of the New Life Church in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and the former president of the National Association of Evangelicals. I've really been debating with myself about whether to talk about this topic on the show. For sure, I don't see the LifeSpring show as a political forum at all. That's not at all what I believe the Lord called me to do when I started doing this show nearly two years ago. Oh, and uh, by the way, as a matter of fact, a week from now, we'll mark the two-year anniversary for the LifeSpring podcast. So we'll do something special on that show. I'm not sure what yet, but uh, if you uh, want to send a comment in about the two-year anniversary, feel free to do that. 206-350-CALL, 206-350-CALL, or my email is steve.lifespring at gmail.com. So that's just an aside. Listen, back to the topic at hand. I've been asked by some people to comment on the events surrounding Ted Haggard and his accuser, Mike Jones. I'm going to do that because this has become a very big news story, at least here in the U.S. I don't know how it's playing around the world, but it listen, it involves the central issue 
of what the LifeSpring podcast is all about. It isn't about politics, but it is about God's love. For those of you who may not know what I'm talking about with this Ted Haggard thing, let me give you a quick synopsis of the story. And if you know all about it, then uh, just be patient. This is only going to take a couple of seconds. First, the players in this story are Ted Haggard, the 50-year-old senior pastor of the 14,000-member megachurch called New Life in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Mr. Haggard started the church in the mid-'80s, and he was also president of the National Evangelical Associ- or the National Association of Evangelicals. That's a mouthful, isn't it? The National Association of Evangelicals. Uh, he's been the president since 2003. He was removed from that office and the office of the, uh, the senior pastorship at the church just this last weekend. In case you don't know what the National Association of of Evangelicals, if you don't know what the NAE is, and I didn't, there, well, listen to the mission statement. The mission of the NAE is to extend the kingdom of God through a fellowship of member denominations, churches, and organizations, and individuals demonstrating the unity of the body of Christ by standing for biblical truth, speaking with a representative voice, and serving the evangelical community through united action, cooperative ministry, and strategic planning. So I think it's a loose association of churches, denominations, organizations, and individuals. I don't know how important they are. I've never paid any attention to them, but I don't pay a lot of attention to a lot of the um, organizations within Christendom. I have to be honest there. To me, Christianity is not about those organizations. Christianity is about the relationship between God and the individual believer. Okay? I'm not a denominational guy. Haven't been for many, many years. Um... To me, I don't care what label you're wearing. What matters is who you say Jesus is. And that's what you hear on the LifeSpring podcast in either my opening or closing each and every episode. Anyway, the next player in this drama is Mike Jones, a 49-year-old former male escort. Now, here's the deal. Haggard was very outspoken against homosexual marriage. However, according to some reports, he did invite the Metropolitan Church in Colorado Springs, which is a church for homosexuals, to participate in at least one event at the Colorado Springs Church New Life. So he's been very strong against homosexual marriage, but not so much against homosexuals. At this event, when he invited the Metropolitan Church, there were some other churches who threatened to pull their support of the event if the Metropolitan Church was not disinvited. Ted Haggard refused to do so. So he just very nicely said, well, we'll miss you other churches, but I'm not going to disinvite the Metropolitan Church. So... He has not, according to what I have read, been hateful toward homosexual people. 
Now, Jones, the accuser, says that when Haggard first phoned the escort service that he, Jones, worked for, Haggard identified himself as being, I think it was, a businessman from Iowa. So he lied about who he was. Jones says that he didn't know Haggard's true profession and identity until he saw him on a news report recently in which his position on the homosexuality and marriage issue was being reported on in connection with the NAE, or National Association of Evangelicals. Jones says that at this point he became angry because of Haggard's hypocrisy. This is why he says he came forward with his allegations against Haggard. Jones also says that Haggard asked him to obtain methamphetamines for him. Okay, so there's two allegations that Jones has made. That he and Haggard had a three-year about physical homosexual affair where they met once a month and that Haggard asked Jones to get meth for him. Okay? Now, at first, Haggard denied that he even knew Jones. Then he admitted that he did know him and that he only got massages from him. Then he admitted that some, but not all, of Jones's claims were true. Now, Ted Haggard wrote a letter to the New Life Church, which was read to the congregation this past Sunday in their two services to his congregation, dated November 5th, 2006. My dear New Life Church family, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry for the disappointment, the betrayal, and the hurt. I'm sorry for the horrible example I've set for you. I have an overwhelming, all-consuming sadness in my heart for the pain that you and I and my family have experienced over the past few days. I'm so sorry for the circumstances that have caused shame and embarrassment to all of you. I asked that this note be read to you this morning so I could clarify my heart's condition to you. The last four days have been so difficult for me my family, and all of you, and I have further confused the situation with some of the things I have said during interviews with reporters who would catch me coming or going from my home. But I alone am responsible for the confusion caused by my inconsistent statements. The fact is, I am guilty of sexual immorality, and I take responsibility for the entire problem. I am a deceiver and a liar. There is a part of my life that is so repulsive and dark that I've been warring against it all of my adult life. For extended periods of time, I would enjoy victory and rejoice in freedom. Then, from time to time, the dirt that I thought was gone would resurface, and I would find myself thinking thoughts and experiencing desires that were contrary to everything I believe and teach. Through the years, I've sought assistance in a variety of ways, with none of them proving to be effective in me. Then, because of pride, I began deceiving those I love the most because I didn't want to hurt or disappoint them. The public person I was wasn't a lie. It was just incomplete. 
When I stopped communicating about my problems, the darkness increased and finally dominated me. As a result, I did things that were contrary to everything I believe. The accusations that have been leveled against me are not all true, but enough of them are true that I have been appropriately and lovingly removed from ministry. Our church's overseers have required me to submit to the oversight of Dr. James Dobson, Pastor Jack Hayford, and Pastor Tommy Barnett. Those men will perform a thorough analysis of my mental, spiritual, emotional, and physical life. They will guide me through a program with the goal of healing and restoration for my life, my marriage, and my family. I created this entire situation. The things that I did opened the door for additional allegations. But I am responsible. I alone need to be disciplined and corrected. An example must be set. It is important that you know how much I love and appreciate my wife, Gail. What I did should never reflect in a negative way on her relationship with me. She has been and continues to be incredible. The problem was not with her, my children, or any of you. It was created 100% by me. I have been permanently removed from the office of senior pastor of New Life Church. Until a new senior pastor is chosen, our associate senior pastor, Ross Parsley, will assume all of the responsibilities of the office. On the day he accepted this new role, he and his wife, Amy, had a new baby boy. A new life in the midst of this circumstance. I consider that confluence of events to be prophetic. Please commit to join with Pastor Ross and the others in church leadership to make their service to you easy and without burden. They are fine leaders. You are blessed. I appreciate your loving and forgiving nature, and I humbly ask you to do a few things. Number one, please stay faithful to God through service and giving. Number two, please forgive me. I am so embarrassed and ashamed. I caused this, and I have no excuse. I am a sinner. I have fallen. I desperately need to be forgiven and healed. Please forgive my accuser. He is revealing the deception and sensuality that was in my life. Those sins and others need to be dealt with harshly. So, forgive him and actually thank God for him. I'm trusting that his actions will make me, my wife and family, and ultimately all of you stronger. He didn't violate you. I did. Please stay faithful to each other. Perform your functions well. Encourage each other and rejoice in God's faithfulness. Our church body is a beautiful body, and like every family, our strength is tested and proven in the midst of adversity. Because of the negative publicity I've created with my foolishness, we can now demonstrate to the world how our sick and wounded can be healed, and how even disappointed and betrayed church bodies can prosper and rejoice. Gail and I need to be gone for a while. We will never return to a leadership role at New Life Church. In our hearts, we will always be members of this body. 
We love you as our family. I know this situation will put you to the test. I'm sorry I've created the test, but please rise to this challenge and demonstrate the incredible grace that is available to all of us. And it's signed simply, Ted Haggard. Okay, so what is my response to all this? Some of you have asked, and um, I'm going to respond. There are several things that come to mind. One is, oh no, here we go again. Another one bites the dust. There was Jim and Tammy Baker back in 1987 with the scandal that they had. Then in 1988, you had Jimmy Swaggart. There have been other scandals involving high-profile religious leaders, and there will, unfortunately, be more in the future. A high-profile in any field of endeavor makes you a target. Whether it be the press or business competitors or whatever, there will always be someone around to knock you down, or at least to take shots at you. Now, when you are a religious leader, your worst enemy is not competitors, it's not the press. Your worst enemy is pride. This is the sin that the serpent used in the Garden of Eden with Eve. He told her that she would be like God if she would eat the forbidden fruit. Just as Satan knew Eve's weakness, he knew Ted Haggard's weakness. And he knows Steve Webb's weakness. And he knows your weakness. Am I saying that the devil made Ted Haggard fall? No way. But I do know that when a person is doing something for the kingdom of God, you become a target on Satan's radar. I really believe that that's why I've had a really difficult couple of weeks. Because I started teaching about the lies that he's perpetrated through the cults. One of my biggest problems is my temper. And the Satan has attacked me in so many different areas that I have to say, and I have to confess, that my temper has gotten really short over the last couple of weeks with my family and with some of the people around me. And it's not good. So that's an area that Satan gets me. But every time I lose my cool, it's a decision on my part. So, Ted Haggard made some wrong choices. He messed up. He was a hypocrite. He sinned. What he did was terrible. He brought disdain and shame and ridicule upon himself and the church. Well, there are those who will use this as an excuse to slam Christians again. They're all hypocrites, they'll say. Well, you know what? Listen. To a certain extent, those people are right. Because we, we aspire to holy lives, those of us that take the name of Christ. We aspire to holy lives. But every last one of us fails. So in one sense, yeah, we're all hypocrites. Every last one of us. Scripture tells us that if we say we don't sin, we deceive ourselves. But listen, 
I don't aspire to a holy life so that I can be the standard for you to measure yourself against. We should never say and we should not imply that anyone should do that. Don't compare your life to mine. I'm nobody. I'm just a guy trying to live the life that God has called me to. Sometimes I do pretty well. (laughs) And sometimes I fail miserably. And I'm not proud of it. Listen, don't look at me. Don't look at Ted Haggard. Don't look at any other leader. Just look at Jesus. He is the one. He is the shepherd. He is the only one worthy to stand and say, follow me. Now, I know that the word pastor means shepherd. And in a way, pastors are shepherds and their congregations are often called their flocks. And it's true that pastors have a greater responsibility and they should have a greater accountability and responsibility. But the true man of God should always make it very clear that he is not the standard. Well, because I'm unable to live a perfect life, am I disqualified from pointing to the one who did live the perfect life? I don't think so. And Jesus didn't think so either. Remember Peter, the disciple who, on the night that Jesus was crucified, denied him three times? On the day of Pentecost, God used Peter, this very human, very um, flawed person, to preach a sermon that moved over 3,000 people to believe in and accept Jesus Christ. For some reason, God has chosen people to be the mechanism of sharing the message of hope, love, and good news. And he knows that people are everyone flawed. Paul, the apostle, the guy who wrote much of the New Testament, said in the seventh chapter of Romans, what I don't understand about myself is that I decide one way, but then I act another doing things I absolutely despise. So Paul had the problem. We all do. So then, if you Christians can't even get it right, what's the use? Why are you people all trying to tell everyone else how to live? What right do you have? What's so special about you? Listen, my message is not one of do's and don'ts. My message is not about a list of shoulds and should nots. My message is not what you should or that you should be like me. My message has nothing at all to do with me. I'm not saying that that I'm anybody special. My message is about the fact that you can have a relationship with the God of the universe, the God who made you the God who loves you, the God who wants you to know him and have your life enriched by him, the God who wants to spend now and eternity with you. I can talk about that all day long, whether or not I am perfect. Because I fail, it does not make God's message or God's love any less true. 
Don't look at me. Don't look at Ted. Look at God. Look into his eyes of love. Look into the life he lived. Look into why he died. Look into how he was raised again to life so that you might live. My life will not stand uh, my life will not stand strong scrutiny and yours probably won't either. But his will. Now, that being said, those who are leaders are always held to a higher standard. Jesus himself said in Luke chapter 12, the servant who knows what his master wants and ignores it or insolently does whatever he pleases will be thoroughly thrashed. But if he does a poor job through ignorance, he'll get off with a slap on the hand. Great gifts mean great responsibilities. Greater gifts, greater responsibilities. Because the world is watching, we have a higher level of accountability for leaders. We have to. For the world to cast stones, for non-believers to cast stones, well, that's expected. But remember, when the woman was caught in the act of adultery, remember, it was the teachers of the law and the Pharisees who brought her to Jesus. And it was them to whom Jesus said, if any of you is without sin, Let him be the first to throw a stone at her. I can't cast stones at Ted Haggart. You can't either. And guess what? His church has not. They have removed him from office, but they are loving him as an injured brother. They're not calling him names. They're praying for him. And this is right and proper. They understand that Ted Haggard is only a man, a man in need of a savior, like all of us. On my own, I'm nothing. There's nothing good about me on my own. The Bible says that any goodness that is in me is because of what Jesus did on the cross. It is only through the saving work of Jesus that any of us have hope.
ache and pain Maybe there is someone who needs to hear your name Let me be a witness of your mercy and your grace To walk upon this earth like I know I've seen your face Making them aware of the endless days They will have if they will just hold to your embrace Help me to forget about my troubles and my pains They will see you and me Jeremy Yoder. There is a statement by the New Life Church on their website that New Life Church is not a man or a building, that they are a family, and that's good. The church should not be built upon any man except for the man God, Jesus Christ. That this church is not running about saying, whatever shall we do, is testament to Haggard's good teaching. Let's pray for Ted Haggard his wife, Gail, the leadership of the New Life Church, the congregation of the New Life Church, and also for the accuser, Mike Jones. This is a celebrity endorsement from someone that you don't know. Of course you don't know me. The New York Times once called me the most famous person in New York that nobody knows. That's true. Go ahead, search it. But you know, to several hundred thousand people, I am known as that guitar man from Central Park. And I'm here to tell you that Earthlink is just about the best thing you can get on the internet these days. I mean, if, if you're anything like me and you hate junk mail, Earthlink's spam blocker alone is worth a high-speed connection that starts at $12.95 a month. It comes with free antivirus software, a firewall, and spyware blocker. Look, take the word of somebody that you don't know and you have no reason to trust. Get Earthlink. Get Earthlink, and if you are looking to get a domain name, I'm telling you, GoDaddy is a great place to go. And if you'll use one of the LifeSpring discount codes that you can find over at LifespringPodcast.com, you'll even get a discount on your domain name. Go check it out at LifespringPodcast.com. Thanks to both GoDaddy and Earthlink for helping to sponsor the LifeSpring Podcast. Hey, coming home from work one day, a woman stopped at the corner deli to buy a chicken for supper. The butcher reached into a barrel, grabbed the last chicken he had, flung it on the scales behind the counter, and told the woman its weight. She thought for a moment, and she said, I really need a bit more chicken than that. Do you have any larger ones? Without a word, the butcher put the chicken back into the barrel, groped around as though finding another, pulled the same chicken out, and placed it on the scales. This chicken weighs one more pound, he announced. The woman pondered her options and then said, Okay, I'll take them both.
Hey, at the beginning of the show, I said that I had an important Christmas-related announcement to make. Well, here it is. Beginning on December 1st, the LifeSpring Advent Calendar will make its debut. In cooperation with James Cooper of the WhyChristmas.com website, a brand new LifeSpring family member is beginning that will enhance your Christmas season. Each day from December 1st until Christmas Day, James and I will be talking about Christmas traditions from around the world and helping you to focus on the real reason for the season. Be looking for it at LifespringPodcast.com. You'll be able to subscribe very soon. Of course, if you are subscribed already to the All Shows feed, you don't need to do a thing. On December 1st, you'll automatically get each new show. James and I are excited to bring you these very special new shows. The LifeSpring Advent Calendar from the LifeSpring family of podcasts and whychristmas.com. Well, thanks so much for making LifeSpring a part of your day. It truly is a privilege to be here in your ears. Please, if you like the show, I would ask you to tell a friend. And if you have time, I would really appreciate it if you would write a review over at iTunes. Just search for Steve Webb in the podcast section at the iTunes Music Store. You'll see there under Podcasts a, a, a See All button. Click on that and all the shows on the LifeSpring Family Podcasts will be shown. You can write a review for any or all of the shows. Thanks for doing that. Hey, it's been a while, too, since I talked about the LifeSpring Family Forum. You can find it easily by going to LifespringPodcast.com. You'll see a button right smack in the middle of that page. We've got lots of your fellow LifeSpring listeners there posting on lots of topics. Come on in and join the fun. Well, so what's a LifeSpring? Well, Jesus said, whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. You see, it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter your age, your sex, or your station in life. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Life Springs about answering that question and the question of how and why the answer can and does affect your life today. I'm Steve Webb, and I'm your host, and I'll see you next time. This has been an In Touch Productions podcast. The best and the brightest served up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, Podshow and Limelight. <laughs>